I've said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So we're coming to you live from South Carolina, and the reason why, Myrtle Beach. It's actually not snowing here, that's for sure. And uh, what's nice about it is we get to spend time with my dad and Joanne, his lovely wife of 35 years or so, and um, uh, they both have birthdays every year. The same time, the same year. I mean, the same time of the year, every year. And so we're down here celebrating birthdays with them. Uh, and uh, February 14th for Joanne and February 16th for my dad. And just we're so happy to be down here spending time with them. Absolutely. And we're also happy to get out of the cold. Yeah. And so we're, we're in a remote, uh, we're doing a remote uh, show uh, as a result of that. And you hear a little hissing. Uh, we're having some trouble, you know, with our physical gear. Uh, there's, we tried to improve it and tried to do better with that, but I don't think we're going to get it any better than what we've gotten it. We just have to replace the equipment. So um, we just discovered it, though. So in any case, we we were deciding, you know, debating on whether to do a live show or put in a rerun, and uh, we decided to do a live show. Uh, live show is better. Despite the, the airiness of that sound that you're hearing, there's just not much we can do about it. And the other thing is um, I know a lot of people are talking about the YouTube channel that we have uh, that is that is down. Um, the audio is down. So when you click on it and the audio is not working, um, that was another situation of bad luck where uh, we leave the studios in D.C. and we didn't go for about an hour until the audio shut down on that feed, and we don't have a, we we're supposed to have remote access to it. We don't, so we won't probably be able to fix that until we get back. Unfortunately, we we're caught with our pants down, so to speak. So that was that. So that's a laundry list of the problems that we've we've been. Uh, dealing with and we just wanted to send a note out 
to explain, you know, what this is all about, this uh, YouTube thing uh, that people are calling in and writing in and and uh, wondering what's going on. And that's what's going on. It's pretty benign. Um, but the audio streams themselves are working now. And they're fully functional. Uh, so just, you know, stay tuned. The, and, and the call line, I believe, is working. So if you want to call in today and we can test this, uh, the call in line is going to be uh, 215 Top Talk. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call in and say hello, say happy birthday to m- my dad and Joanne, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Uh, this is going to be kind of a low-key show, I guess. Uh, also, we have listen lines for this uh, stream, and that's 717-946-6952. And if you missed this, you can always check out the podcast later. Uh, but it's uh, that listen line. This is just in case you're on the go in your car. Um, you don't want to use data minutes. Uh, data is part of your data plan. The number is 717-946-6952. Six nine five two, and I guess finally, if you're going to buy those pillows, use the pillow code Red State. Uh, we've been seeing an increase of four times the amount of normal orders through our My Pillow, and so it's caught a, caught our attention a little bit. We were wondering what was going on, but then we read that my you know Mike Mike Lindell has is having record record sales, which should actually tell you everything you want to know about. What drives our country? I remember um, we had Brent Hamachek on at our last show. Remember that, Leonardo? Yes, he was on, and he talked about um, the divide, which we're not sure exactly where the divide is located and where the middle is located between the left and the right in a very interesting article that he wrote about Bruce Springsteen. Right. Uh, we're going to get to Bruce Springsteen here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, one of the things he said that caught my attention in that interview was he talked about atomic weight. And I thought, that is such a great point. Um, and by the way, we are going to take a caller just to test our callers. And uh, and so I do see this. But he was talking about this thing called atomic weight. And and we were ta- and I've been talking about this and complaining about it, where the intolerance of the left prevents people like us from rising to the top. If we have a liberal boss and they find out that we like Trump, we'll more than likely get fired rather than get a path path to the top. It used to be that you climb your way up the ladder and you work your way up. But in this day and age, in this climate, in this land of uh, Gestapo-like tactics and Nazism from the liberals on the left who drank the Kool-Aid and don't even know that they're wrong, um, that situation is such that um, you get fired for, for liking Trump. You get fired for wanting to wear uh, a MAGA hat. You get fired for believing in America First policy. You get fired for all that stuff. You're you're um, a racist, and even though the the Democrats have long had a history of racism and intolerance, and this is another form of racism. Black Lives Matter is a racist organization, and it's a, also a Marxist uh, organization. And you put Marxism. And you get racism. You get one group over another. You, uh, the old saying, if you borrow from Peter to pay Paul, you could always depend on Paul's support. 
Well, that's exactly what globalism is. That's exactly what all of these things are. So, uh, oh, so is it the birthday boy is in town? Okay. 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 All right. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a caller really quick, and uh, and Julie, you're on Good morning. Happy birthday to one and all uh, on this Valentine's Day weekend. Happy birthday to my <laughs> I dad. I hope everybody okay, stays says, healthy birthday, for many dad. years and and you have a nice weekend. And you're lucky you don't have snow. <laughs> all right. Thank yes. you, Julie. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's not like Miami, but it's uh, definitely uh, nice. It's 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 cl- you. We, oh, we arrived that's wonderful. at my dad's house You're so yesterday. lucky. It's just plain cold up here. We arrived at the, <laughs> have, my please, dad's house. Please have a good weekend, and yeah. and I was just calling just to say happy birthday. All right, thank, thank you. you, thank you. And you know what, uh, folks? Um, so we arrived, and the guy was trimming his palm tree in shorts down here in the Palmetto State. And you have to say that beforehand when we were on the plane. The plane had to be de-iced. That's right, yes. Yeah. So that's so what a contrast, but yeah. we're happy to be here. I know this sounds a little hokey, but it is what it is. You know, we are real people that do this show, and it's, you know. Real people with real families. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's what conservatism is all about. It's about the families and communities. So, so we are real people who see our family, who have, uh, you know, those dinners, uh, um, have those conversations around the table. We are, you know, we are America, and that's that, and that's one of the things we, you know, we share with our listeners. We're not elitists. We are people who think about everybody, everybody in different communities, celebrate diversity, but celebrate diversity of a different type, diversity of opinion, diversity of, uh, you know, uh, personal choices, and but everybody is included because that's what's so wonderful about this country is that um, we're a melting pot and. That's what people sacrificed their lives for. That's what the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, everything was fought for, was for those freedoms. And to see people endeavoring to strip away our freedoms, those freedoms that were fought, fought so hard for, that is what makes us um, motivated to speak out. That is why we do this show every day. Right. And I, I have uh, so much to say about that. Remind me to talk about Kinzinger um, Absolutely. here in a second. But, uh, and and uh, we were talking about Bren Hamachuk. So he, he mentioned um, about the atomic weight. And, it, you know, this whole intolerance of the left, this Nazism of the left, this, this intolerance, uh, basically, if you work your way up the ladder, you're going to get shot down if you wear a red hat, uh, endorse Trump, or support the or wave the American flag or support um, the American first agenda, right? And, and I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. And the Republican leadership doesn't do that. So if you're a Republican boss, a conservative boss, if you're a Trump-supporting, Trump-loving boss, and you run your own company, you're not, and you and and you hire a liberal, you're not. The liberal's not going to get the same kind of intolerant treatment. They're not going to get bashed over the head. They're not going to be talked behind their back. They're not going to be disgraced or discriminated against. They're not going to be censored. And so that's a nice little gift. That's a nice little advantage for the left. But for the right, we don't get that advantage. We don't get that uh, benefit. And so there's a real problem there. Because only one party gets two tracks to the top, whereas one party 
the Republican Party or the conservative or the Trump supporter only gets really one avenue to the top. And that's if he's blessed or she's blessed enough to have a boss that loves Trump and loves the America First policies and loves the concept of make America great again and loves these types of things. Not this arrogant, um, you know, arrogant, ego-driven Lincoln project and these neocons that talk out of both sides of their mouth and say one thing and do another because they think that they're the smartest people in the room and they can con, con, con you. They can con you. And I am repulsed every day when I see commercials from the Lincoln Project, particularly right now where they're replaying and replaying January 6th and it's been completely distorted. Uh, you know, the president never told anybody to storm the Capitol. What he said was protest pe- peacefully and patriotically. Yeah. He said, I love Pennsylvania Avenue. Let's go to Pennsylvania Avenue. And the people that stormed the Capitol did not have the endorsement from the president. They were not operating according to what the president told them to do. They were crazy nut job people that went out there on their own, out of their own volition and made those decisions. Right, and, right. So, and, so I wanted to add into this um, because uh, Laura, Lo- Laura Logan, who I lo- have a lot of respect for, wrote this and she said, I was a journalist on the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan for more than a decade. I watched many of these white men, so-called white men, die, uh, there, die, die there, right, right beside uh, black, Hispanic, and Asian American men and women of every color. None of them cared about race, just each, of, each other, just each other and the country. Shame on all of you. So she says this again. I was, ju- I was a journalist in the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan for more than a decade. I watched many of these white, so-called white men die there right beside black, Hispanic, and Asian men and women of every color. None of them carried about ra- cared about race. Just each of them uh, cared about each other and their country. Shame on all of them. So she was responding to um, Congressman Cohen, who is just a real piece of work. And let's take a listen to this. Uh, hopefully this audio clip is going to work. And let's go. And more Sadat and, and this morning, I was reading about this on the on my t- Twitter account, I guess, and people were reminding people of Anwar Sadat and Indira Gandhi, who were killed by their own their own people. Um, you know, I was thinking the guard is ninety some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, okay, when he says the guard, he's talking about the national national guard, and he's talking about the national guard in Washington, D.C., particularly on the 6th? Uh, only about 20% of white males voted for Biden. you got to figure that in the Guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media and we know it, they're probably not more than 25% of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75% are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And there were military people and police who took oaths to defend the Constitution and to protect and defend who didn't do it, who were in the, the insurrection. So it does concern me, but uh, the betting at the last minute... But, I mean, that's far... To, to, to have voted for, for Trump does not make you an insider. I mean, that, that's far different from being a threat 
uh, of violence inside whether the National Guard or law enforcement. I'm curious, is there is there anything you've seen to substantiate just how broad this in, insider threat may be, if it, if it exists? Absolutely not, Jim, but, you know, you draw first. The first circle is people who work for Trump and not for Biden as far as people who would be within uh, the, the zone of folks who you'd be suspect of. Suspect group is large. How, how does this guy hold office with mentality like that? Like, to look at the thing that's going on in D.C. and suggest that somehow it's 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 gender and color and race-baited based. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. That's but why this, is what the, this is what the liberals do, is they create these false narratives, and it, they figure if they get it out there often enough and pound it to often enough, people are going to start thinking that it's true. Remember my favorite uh, conservative in Congress, besides Jim Jordan and Matt Gates. Remember my favorite uh, conservative in con- Congress now has has Marjorie Taylor Greene. We played twenty minutes of her uh, earlier in the week, and she just blows me away. I just love everything about Marjorie Taylor Greene. They've stripped her of her committee assignments, as you recall, and you know. She tweeted this out. She said, now this was on February 9th she tweeted this out, but still it's, it's important. The, the, this impeachment trial uh, a circus is a circus for the Democrat media mob to entertain the masses that they have brainwashed and addicted to hate so they don't see the Dem policies being rapidly forced into place that are destroying our lives, stealing our freedoms, and putting uh, America last. And we're going to get into those policies that Biden is pushing through before we, uh, or after we talk about um, COVID. So I put this together uh, on social media yesterday because it just drove home to me. I was sitting there at the airport, believe it or not, and I was thinking, I actually said to Leonore, you recall what I said about um uh, Leonora about Bill Gates and Fauci. Yeah, uh, they yeah. seem to be getting off because I was sitting in the airport, and they got these restrictions that are unbelievable. And the Gateway Pundit is reporting that um, that the, the the problem is is going to be extended. Now it's not a hundred days; it's going to be the rest of the year. And, and what's also happening and triple is, masks and double masks, and also more. They're going to be more stringent domestic uh, flight policies than we currently have domestic travel policies so i mean it, it this just isn't going away and i think when, whenever you have a situation whenever you have a crisis you have to create contingency plans you know you have to create contingency plans for addressing the problem immediately but then eventually there is a return to normalcy i think what we see here is a perpetuation of the crisis now i'm not saying that it, the, the disease is not real of course it's real but we got to go back to a normal life we have to go back to mitigating the disease finding ways for people to operate safely but also not stripping away people's rights to earn a living or people's rights to live a free life. I, I just heard that people are that students are locked up in dormitories in Berkeley. That they're they're basically not allowed to go out of the dorms and do and people are not allowed to have their basic freedoms because of all these concerns about uh, about uh, COVID nineteen, many of which are not founded. So it says Joe Biden moves the goalposts, pushes mask mandate from 100 days to through the next year. 
All right. He says, 15 days to slow the spread of COVID has turned into a never-ending lockdown and power grab for the Democrats. Now Joe Biden is moving the goalposts on his mask mandate. Biden previously stated many times that wearing masks for just 100 days would save lives. So th- his day, first day in office, he signed an executive order requiring masks on federal property just for 100 days. On Thursday, Biden's 100 days of mask wearing turned into wearing masks through the next year. You know that wearing this mask through the next year here can save lives. You know what? Um, Locking yourself in a hyperbolic chamber could extend your life too, Joe Biden, right? I mean, we're not going to live that way. That's not living. Well, and people keep forgetting, and I know I've brought this point up many times, the psychological side effects of these lockdowns on adults, on children, on special needs yeah, children you know in what? particular. It's terrible. I was talking to a person. Um, we have a special needs uh, uh, family member and uh, with Asperger's. And, you know, one of the things is uh, we're talking about the development of this child and um, and the homeschooling. Um, and we're also talking about not just homeschooling, but we're, we got into a conversation of charter schools. And we talked about that whole concept of, you know, school choice and money following the student. And it was told that these special needs students, they get $23,000 per student, the uh, teachers, the, the, the public schools do. 23000 Well, or so. it depends on the state, but it's proportionately higher for a special needs, I mean, because every state has a different budget, but it's always proportionately higher for well, special and, and needs children because they this, need more services. And, and, and all this person gets is like $600 a month in um, special aid, not related to teaching. They have to buy all the books, uh, all the, uh, take all, the, you know, they don't get paid for their time or anything like that. And so it's, it's just one of these um, um, things where, you know, these teachers unions are really gobbling up the dough. Right. And they're they're misappropriating the spending. Um, so anyway, we was in the airport and I was just looking at all these draconian measures. And every time the person would warn us um, like five times on every flight, you know, we've been flying to Florida and Myrtle Beach and wherever. Every time we're on a flight, you get like five warnings treating you like your children. Make sure your mask, just, not just your you know, mouth, but your nose, too, and all this, that, and the other. Make sure you're and, only actively, uh, you can and, only take it off if you're actively and, eating and drinking. And you got to put it back up yeah. on between sips and bites. And I see all these people wearing these plastic shields. I look at them, and I'm like rolling my eyes, right? <laughs> I'm just so sick and tired of it, right? And, and so I look over to Leonora, and I say, you ever get the feeling... These guys like Bill Gates and Fauci's boss, Francis Collins, and Anthony Fauci himself literally get off on these on their ego trip annihilation of civilization. And I, I mean, literally get off almost like masturbation. You know, it's just terrible. It's one of these things where I think that they're so their egos are so fragile. They have this like little man syndrome. You know, they can't beat anybody up on, on the on, in the octagon They're You know, they're not physically not the not that physical violence is, you know, but the point is they're not strong men. They're not primal men. They would never make it at Spartacus. Right. But they could certainly make it in the ivory tower. If you look, remember the movie uh, Gladiator, you know, there is um, Russell Crowe's character. 
And then he was surrounded by a bunch of politicians that, you know, wielded their power in secrecy through the ivory towers. And these chums sit along in these panel discussions as leaders. Bill Gates doesn't have one drop of scientific uh, uh, education. He's not a doctor. And yet, Dr. Fauci, uh, I was listening to Francis Collins because I was looking him up. Turns out he's Fauci's boss at NIH. Well, he sits there, looks just like a college professor, just like Fauci does, just like Bill Gates does. And they all try to explain things to the people as if we're like two-year-olds. And they explain, they use their hand gestures like Bill Gates does. And Fauci tries to come off like a, a New Yorker, you know, but... You know, with his with his pseudo um, scientific uh, reasoning, and and the sad truth is about Fauci is if you listen to Francis Collins, is he Francis Collins says that Fauci's the smartest guy on the planet uh, when it comes to um, epidemiology and all this that, and talks so proudly about it. And I was listening to an interview. It was a CNN interview. I don't have it to play. But it was about um, Trump. He tweeted out, fire Fauci, hashtag. He retweeted a tweet that said, hashtag fire Fauci. And so that, you know, everybody went apoplectic about that. And the idea was, oh, could Trump fire Fauci? How dare Trump fire Fauci? It was like, how dare he fire Comey? Well, Comey was hating the president. And, uh, staged a coup, staged a coup, not waged a coup, or waged a coup too, you know. And uh, staged and waged. Yeah, and um, and Fauci is the same thing. And so here he is, Francis Collins talking about the guy, I you know that he uh, works above. Uh, Fauci's boss, Francis Collins, said Fauci's the smartest guy. You know, taps and pats him on the back, saying, "I've got the struggle. I've got the best." team in the world no you don't you have a team that believes like you do francis collins so anthony fauci's got 50 plus years he's got he's compromised he's invested in ccp he's invested in, in um different patents that benefit from a lot of what we're seeing here and in addition to that uh it was anthony fauci that stood up there at a microphone and said the likelihood of a virus like this being spread uh, from person to person, uh, who is, uh, the likelihood of a person who's asymptomatic spreading this virus is highly unlikely. And that the people that should be wearing masks are the first line of defense, the doctors that treat these people, and the people who are symptomatic. These are the people that should wear the mask. And I believe that 15 days to slow the curve is necessary. Well, now we're into it, into this science experiment for a year, for a year now, going on a year. And it's outrageous. Well, it's actually been a year now, right? It's actually been a year. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's amazing because uh, it became a big um, public issue um, following, I want to say, the end of February, around uh, after CPAC. That, that's when... Suddenly, I realized I had attended some place where somebody uh, had had the virus, and then it was the lockdown started happening in March, mid March. So we got a report that uh, people can't hear us, but I was playing this on my um, 
phone and and people are hearing and calling in so um jonathan for example texted me and said uh that uh something wasn't working um try going to redstatetalkradio.com and fiddling with uh, those players as well maybe you'll get more luck there um or or um 1180wfyl.com uh, will work as well um but in any case um uh, I believe that we are working. I can't test everything while I'm doing a show, but certainly the podcast is going to be available. Um, so anyway, I was sitting in the airport and I was thinking, I I think that Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates are getting off on this. This is a power trip for them. They get to go back, take their tie off at the end of the day, and their wife cooks them a nice hot meal. And next thing you know, they're like the the biggest, most important guy in the world. You know, all these people wearing masks, it's because of my dad or it's because of my uncle. Wait, wait, I have to stop you. Bill Gates' wife is not cooking him a meal. He's got a team of servants. Okay. No, but you know what I mean? They come in, they take their tie off. Hey, honey, I'm home. Open up a new bottle of wine, whatever. And they're basically looked at like when they walk in a room, they're like, he's the most powerful man in the world. It's not the president of the United States anymore. It's Anthony Fauci. It's Bill Gates. It's Francis Collins from well, the NIH. Well, we've talked about Bill Gates a lot because he has, has had power on many different platforms. He's had, obviously, power on, in the IT world. He's had power in education because he had a lot to do with the race yeah, to the top. Yeah. And now power in healthcare with vaccinations. Yeah, and you know, here's the sad thing. Is Bill Gates always wanted to touch the world. He wanted to. T- he's always been driven about touching every single person in the world with... Um, learning tools with um, operating systems with uh, uh, productivity systems and he's really made no secret about it that he wants a desktop on on everybody in front of everybody's face and that's what the whole that's what the whole browser war was about when Netscape and Internet Explorer went to battle over monopolies what they were talking about is who controls the real estate of what every person in the world actually sees when they turn on their computer. And the way you can impact someone's mind. They knew about this since the 90s. Well, he's got it's, it all he's got it all together now. It's uh it's that combination. It's that three three-legged stool. You're well, you're impacting well, people's mind and, to and your point with education. You're impacting their their freedom of expression and their access to information through the technology and now you're impacting their health and their future freedoms through the back vaccinations. And and you know, the other part of it is uh that that just like reality games, right? So remember the reality games? Um, like on on Xbox or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Pat. Uh, Pat's my sound engineer, and good. You know, he's a friend of the show, and uh, he um, said everything's fine on TuneIn. Well, good, um, but thank yeah, you, Pat. So that's good. And uh, all right. So here's the thing. The, uh, the, the like like Xbox, right? Yeah. Back when there was Atari, the graphics were horrible, right? There was nothing virtual reality about that, right? It's just a bunch of blob of pixels. You knew it was a game. Yeah. And then Xbox came along and PlayStation, and things got a little bit better. Uh, And then next generation, you're like, wow, look at the graphics on that. And now, you know, you play a football game or something on one of these consoles. 
you could barely tell. Is that, is that real? Is that is that is that fake? Is that is that real? You can't even hardly tell. You know, it's so realistic, virtual reality, and that's the evolution of Bill Gates's brain. Is he's now taking it from software, from an operating system to productivity tools, to the browser space on the internet, to literal and controlling that real estate, which is a window. To the world. Windows. Right? He got that name from somewhere in his and, head. And, and you know and, and 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 hang on. And um and now, you know, the other part is uh now you get to play with people. You get to actually be remember there's a movie called Being John Malkovich. Yes. And there was this puppeteer that used to be a street performer and he then ended up somehow through a portal on the twelfth twelve and a half floor. He ended up being in a portal uh, inside John Malkovich's head. It was kind of a black, uh, kind of a dark comedy kind of thing. In any case, the point is, is that I believe the virtual reality, sometimes people take this game to another level. And I think these, these individuals, Bill Gates and Francis Collins, who's Anthony Fauci's boss, and Anthony Fauci himself, are getting off on this puppet mastering, this this control of people in a very sick and demented way. Well, the word Windows... And it's, it's like genocide. It really is. Well, well, it is. And the word Windows itself, on one hand, it sounds very positive. Open a window. Let's get, you know, let's get some fresh air. But, real, but, the, but the flip side of a window is you can stare through a window and you can spy on people. And that's literally what is happening with a lot of this software with, and with a lot of these virtual games where people don't have the ability to, to distinguish between what is real and what is fantasy. So and all of this is being controlled by t- people who have technology prowess, such as a Bill Gates, people who have knowledge of healthcare, people who have access to the financial resources. And, and all of this is leading through that slippery slope to socialism. So there's another bombshell that's come out, and uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, but we are still, still talking about uh, COVID. And I do see a caller. I'm going to take that call in just a second. Um, it says, bombshell, top New York official admits Como hid nursing home data so feds wouldn't find out. Yeah. And they did it uh, for uh, reasons that um, they did it because they were trying to cover up. They were trying to blame Trump for their failings, well, their they were failures. Tr- they were trying to mitigate a PR campaign yeah. that so, Trump was saying people are uh, dying in the nursing homes, and that's why they. Yeah. She literally said, "I wrote this." Well, well let me say, her, out of fear." Yeah. Andrew Cuomo's secretary of, uh, to the governor, Melissa DeRosa, admitted they hid nursing home data from feds, fearing that Trump would use their failures against them, like a political football, which would have helped Trump re-election. Trump's re-election while crippling Governor Cuomo, and think about um, Chris Cuomo and what he had to, he had to say, right? I mean that's uh, pretty lame as well. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a, a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning. This is Jeannie in Florida oh, that's currently. Right. Okay, hey Jeannie. Happy birthday, Joanne, and happy birthday to your dad, Raymond. Hope you have just a fabulous weekend. Oh, thank you so much for that. And I hope there. I'm pretty sure 
pretty sure they're listening in the other room. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to comment on on Fauci because he's such an evil person. If someone wants to do some quick research, go to DuckDuckGo, put in Fauci, Mother Teresa, sex trafficking. You'll find some very inform, very interesting, very scary information. And um, I just love the beginning of your show, Scott. And I was out riding my bike this beautiful morning, and um, hoping that you didn't have a replay. <laughs> so I was so happy to hear you guys on the air this morning. But your beginning of your show is so fabulous with when you play President Trump's inauguration speech where he makes the proclamation that he is taking the power away from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. And um, we need to be ready to take back that power as many states are undergoing. They're, they're actually following General MacArthur's Restore America plan that started in '45. And states are being resettled, and Michigan and Alaska <clears throat> are resettled. The governor of Alaska now is taking direction from the people of the assembly that have settled the state. He's completely ignoring anything coming out of what what uh, used to be Washington, D.C. So I just wanted to share that. Do some research. Very, very exciting things are happening. We're taking our power back. State yes, by we state. are. Absolutely. We're, there's so many ways that we're fighting back. And uh, th- there's a lot going on. It is, yes, I agree with you 100%. Power to the patriots. Yep. Thank you, Scott and Leonora. All right. Thank you, Jeannie. Take care, Jeannie. All right. Take care now. And... Uh, She's such a lovely person. We met her in Naples, Florida. Around this time, actually. I think yeah. it was January of last year. Yep. Um, we had uh, we met Matt Gates there. Yeah. And uh, you were doing an event. I was there. doing an event that was about, uh, literally, it was about America First policies, and Matt Gates was our guest speaker. And he, what, what, a, what a great guy. And we had, you know, I sat on a panel discussion where we talked about some of these very issues. And, of course, as we've been telling our listeners, we are going to be talking a lot more about the America First policies with, um, with MAGAPAC and Bugle Call. So we're very excited about that. So Liz Wheeler writes, today, COVID cases down 56% from peak, hospitalizations down 35%, fatalities down 16%, yet. CDC praises double masking. Biden considers travel ban to Florida. White House may require COVID tests for air- airplanes if you want to fly. Uh, U- University of Berkeley bans, like you said, out- uh, outdoor exercise. Any libs ready to admit a problem? You know, the, the other part is the, uh, the double masking, but then um, the travel ban to Florida, uh, to me... This is this is and this this doesn't even account for the the hundred days is going to turn into a year, and um, I have to just say I don't think that the mask is all that healthy, and not only that we went and had um, a lunch when we got off the plane, and you know we didn't wear the mask, 
in the car. We didn't wear the mask walking up to the restaurant. Okay, we're at the door. Put your mask on, right? You walk in the door, you get seated at your table, and then you take your mask off. I don't get that. And if you I get mean, up to use the restroom, you put your mask back on. But you're all sitting in a room in which nobody's got a mask on. And in restaurants, they're not actively, like a, unlike an airline, they're not actively in saying to you, you've you got to be putting your mask on between uh, bites and sips or else nobody would go out yeah. to dinner anymore. I got a sound <laughs> clip. And tell me, if, tell me if you can spot a problem in this sound clip by Ted Lou. <laughs> um, this is Ted Lou. Of course you're going to spot a problem. It's Ted Lou. Let's see. But he also did. He needed to unequivocally condemn the attack. But he also needed to mean those words. You saw Donald Trump tweet endless attacks, sometimes 108 tweets in a day. And in public speeches and across rallies, repeating words of fight and stop the steal and never surrender. You know what it looks like when President Trump wants to convey a message forcefully, loudly, and repeatedly, he does that. This video sent after a week of the attack was not that. And we know this because in this video, he again does not show remorse, does not take responsibility. He again does not acknowledge his role in the insurrection. He does not say in that video, for example, everything I said in the months prior went too far. And he does not say the one sentence that matters. He does not say the one sentence that would stop future political violence. The election was not stolen. He still hasn't said that sentence. That is why National Guard troops in full body armor still patrol outside. Yeah, well, it was stolen, Ted Lieu. And... Uh in addition to that being the case, uh, I also read where there, uh, the Democrats seem to be upset because President Trump's not remorseful. Well, when you're right, and there's proof of election fraud everywhere you turn, but the media and the judges and all the people in the Washington elite class don't want to address it because they see Trump as an existential threat to their crimes, fraud, and corruption. Well, yeah, of course you're going to have this sham of a trial. We're going to go ahead and take a caller. This is, um, I believe this is Linda from Western PA. Linda, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. Hi, Lenora. You know, I have a question. I think sometime, I remember at the beginning of this whole thing came out, I thought when they were talking herd immunity, it was not about the masks or about the vaccinations. Am I wrong? Can you remember? Well, I mean, well, this is clear well, back. They were yeah. saying it would be a natural, a natural herd immunity. Now it's a forced herd immunity. Um, was I hearing it wrong at the beginning? Well, okay. So, do you remember? Yeah, I, I do remember that Sweden and uh, and even South Dakota and, and a lot of conservative mindsets um, were basically saying, you know, if we're allowed to take all the mitigation like hydroxychloroquine, which was banned in liberal states, but yet allowed in, in conservative states. And then we, we also, when you look at the statistics, more people were dying in Democrat states uh, because I think that they were fudging the numbers. And there's this big, huge cover-up you know, in New York about their wildly poor numbers because of the mistakes that they made. And plus, they didn't even use those big ships, the Comfort and the, uh, 
mercy in these liberal states. They didn't use yeah. these oh. the assets that were needed. They, they, but they sat, they, yeah, they, but, that ship sat offshore. Yeah, and look what they did. And they to were Franklin empty. Graham. They offered everything, everything to help. And no, it had to be politically well, correct. You know what and it was? wasn't politically correct. Remember, one. remember the empty hospitals? I think this thing was a ruse yeah. from the start. The empty hospitals, people were traveling around saying, I don't see a line to get in. I don't see a triage yeah. <laughs> of people. You know, like it didn't make any sense. So I think this was really a big, huge hoax perpetrated by WHO yeah. and elsewhere. Okay, and hang on, Leonor, in, in, in just a moment. Yeah. And, um, and so then the other part, is Sweden was trying to embrace the herd immunity. And with herd immunity, you go through a patch of bad numbers, but you eventually get to the place of good numbers. Uh, that's um, And by the way, I think we're up to like 40% antibodies. 40% of our population has gotten hit with this virus. So we have the antibody. And antibodies are really good, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like yeah. herd mm-hmm. immunity is all about conditioning your immune system and you know the other part to your to your um I think um you'll appreciate this and um it's 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 about the idea that people aren't pushing enough vitamin D they're not pushing uh enough about a lot of the um things you can eat in terms of dietary improvements and and the kind of things that you should be taking as supplements to actually give yourself That's a correct. better fighting chance but Scott, they don't make enough money off the good stuff like that. Yeah, hydroxychloroquine, uh, levetiracetam. Yeah, I mean that's a dollar. Yeah, and all these things are like twelve a cents a piece. Exactly. Yeah. So they, I mean, they, it, it's not working in their budget. They have gotta have the big bucks. I'm frustrated. You yeah, know what? Well, I was just going to email you uh, but the problem is i have feedback at redstateradio.com is that not how i can just email you i didn't want to yeah, take your no, time you know what you can email um uh scott at scottadamshow.com scott at scottadamshow.com i'm gonna do that yeah because i didn't want to uh i didn't want to talk but i was upset about this herd herd thing and i thought i know you know so uh, scott adams Scott at scottadams.com? Yeah. Is that correct? Leonor, Leonor, okay, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, I wanted to interject okay. something to answer, yeah. it, to answer Linda's question. Hi, Linda, Nora. you were completely How right. You, you were completely right about this. This was The herd oh, immunity okay. is based on natural immunity. I mean, yeah. initially, now there yes. is a second way to do it, which would be through vaccines. But at the time we were first talking about herd immunity, way back last year, yeah. there were no vaccines. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, you right. your recollection is accurate. Boy, that's hard to believe. I'm 74. Okay, <laughs> all right. Thanks, thanks, Laura. That's all I had to say. And thank you for letting me on. And I will uh, email you what I wanted to. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thank you for Bye-bye. calling in. And we have a caller I don't recognize. We always like it when we get callers we've never talked to before. This might be the case. I'm, I don't know yet. Um, caller, you're on the air. Hello, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hi there. This is. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. This is James Bradley. I ran against Ted Lieu in the last race. 
Oh, wow. And you great. were speaking about... How are you? Pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you for calling You have in. some great listeners, and I love the content. And you drilled right to, into Deadloo, which I've been fighting for the last two years. And uh, if you had any questions, I can give you some deep intel on Mr. Lou. And, uh, but I wanted to carry on the conversation regarding his remarks uh, yesterday. So he's continuing in the path of pathetic rhetoric, which he continues to carry the torch for Nancy Pelosi. And the man does not have his own one brain cell to rest on. So uh, you'll be seeing that continuously through his uh, uh, tenure in office, which hopefully won't be too long. Uh, and I'm, I know you mentioned in the past, and you have on your radio program, uh, Paul Preston, and he put up, he, he put together his lawsuit to challenge the election results. And I, he's a true patriot. I know Paul personally. But I have to tell you, uh, I represent a coalition of candidates, 12 of us that ran in the 2020 general election. We put our lawsuit against Alex Padilla, which is the gentleman I'll be running against in 2022, Gavin Newsom, and the rest of the clowns. So uh, I want you to know, we're still fighting in California, but that pathetic loser, Ted Lieu, continues to put his rhetoric out there that uh, really shames our, the district, more importantly, the country. But I want to open it for you if you have any questions. Well, who was the guy that um, Ted Lieu was uh, always hanging around with? That, 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 that guy that was thrown in jail after killing two black people and his gay lovers, right? Oh, Ed Buck, yes. Yeah, Ed Buck. Ed Buck, Ed Buck yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny that people, the constituents, should... Uh, we, we were almost like the epicenter riots out here during in late May last year, mm -hmm. and, and the guy was pretty much vacant. Uh, Ed Buck being in jail has never been in, in the discussion that we had when I was being interviewed. But uh, I have to tell you, the man has a history of nefarious activity. I, I'm a veteran. I served under Ronald Reagan, and I have to tell you, I, I put a lot of time into the disabled homeless veterans. <clears throat> Excuse me that uh, reside in our district, right in Brentwood, he, uh, Ted Lieu, did some land deals that ended up pushing the disabled veterans onto the street. It used to, at one time, hold over 5,000 veterans, and now it's down to about less than 100. And what they're doing with those buildings, they're actually using them for commercial purposes. So they do the land lease deals, which that's the part that Ted Lieu is part of. And who else is part of this? Diane Feinstein, well as some other the cronies there. Yeah. So there's a, a massive crime going you know, on in L.A. proper. It's so, so bizarre. Yeah, there's they a just lot will not relinquish, relinquish power. It's like they're roadblocking uh, because Diane Feinstein just applied <laughs> just applied to to run for the Senate in in 2024, <clears throat> and she'll be I think 91 then. She's 87 now. Correct. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> yeah, I actually ran against. I ran against Diane in 2018. There were 32 candidates in that race, and I came out the top Republican, third overall in the primary. But uh, going back to election rigging, you know, I can't use that term, but I can tell you with the mountains of evidence that we have we're ready to present in court, it has been going on for quite a few years now. And guess who owns the technology that uh, shares the numbers, and that's added technologies? That's Diane Feinstein. She owns about sixty percent of that that uh, technology. Yeah, the corruption is so, so, so big in California. You dig deep into the veil, 
Yeah, well, this is what you get. happening in California, which ends up permeating and crossing the states. They've been perfecting the irregularities and the crime for for decades. James, we got just 30 seconds uh, left, but I want to say something. Um, it's, it's, It's no coincidence, is it, that you have Ted Lieu connected with Ed Buck. You have Eric Swallowswell coming over from the Congress. Then you have Dianne Feinstein, mm-hmm. and you have all of these um, Californians that hate Trump with a passion, uh, all as part of this impeachment hoax. You know, that's not a coincidence, is it? It's not a coincidence. And quite honestly, we're going to put an end to it. We China. have the new face of the Republican Party. But, you know, I can dial in some other time when we have time, but I can go into depth. But thank you for your time, yeah, Scott. Before Keep you leave, great work. before you go, <laughs> you. I just looked you up. So um, just tell us a little bit about your organization, your foundation. Yeah, actually, I'm still running. I'll be running against uh, Alex Padilla in 2022 okay. for U.S. Senate. He took over for Kamala Harris. Uh, oh, but what, what I put together was a coalition of candidates that ran last election. That we are taking on, we already have a lawsuit in the, in the in the in the courts now. We're backed up with mountains of evidence, working as a nonpartisan group, mind you, uh, with the Election Integrity Project out of California. Oh, great! And you can reach out to us. You can you can go to my website, BradleySenate.com, to get more information. I'll be more than glad to to give you a call and give you some insight. All right, BradleySenate.com. All right, James, thank you so much for calling in today. Thanks for calling in. And send my regards to Paul. I love that guy. We talk all the time, Paul and I. All right. Take care. Um, All right. So that's an interesting caller. And, uh, you know, we did get, while we were talking with uh, Senate candidate Bradley, uh, we did see a couple of other callers calling in. And, you know, we don't have time to. Sorry we weren't able to get to you today. Call back on Monday. (laughs) Is there any parting words, uh, Leonora? We're about to yeah, uh, no, we're, head out we're, we're here. Both, um, we just want to say that we thank, thank everybody for uh, listening to Red State Talk Radio and stay tuned for some of the new developments with buglecall.org and magapack.org. It's going to be very exciting. And you can check out the podcast at scottadamshow.com. So many domains, so much technology, so much work to do, so much development. You know, this is all not easy, folks. So important. But we love what we do. So important to take back our country. Taking the fight to Washington. And uh, with that, uh, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravota. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.